Yes, 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 indeed, powerful people. This is another episode of Breaking the Machine. I'm your host, Amad the Poet, alongside my partner, Spank the Bank. What up, though? And today we'll be taking another incremental step in shifting the culture. Today we have a very special episode, very special guest on the show with us today. We have the philanthropist, the futurist, the visionary musical icon, Will I Am, on the show with us today. How you doing today, King? What's up? How you guys doing? Doing good. good. How you feeling? I'm chilling, maxing, you know, trying to trying to uh, stay as creative as possible, outputting it, inputting it, and uh, you know, allowing that output and input to to uh, inspire more ideas, um, futurisms, and pushing, you know, culture forward. And I also uh, just want to say, first and foremost, uh, we're honored to have you on the show. We really appreciate you coming on and just blessing us with a few moments and blessing us with your presence. We really appreciate this, um, for real. Um, but just speaking about creativity and um, a lot of the things that you've done over the, the, the uh, span of your career, from music um, to acting, voice work, soundtracks, um, just working in tech, um, philanthropy, uh, political movements, um, just, just the whole array. Uh, what would you call this phase of your life right now? If you could say it in a few words, what, what would this phase of your life be called? Or what, what would you say it's about right now? What is it dedicated to? Awesome question. Um, the answer to that is, uh, this is, this is no different. It's a brand new journey right now. Mm. So I could I could I could I could remember verbatim, like vividly what it was like when I was dreaming in the project of wanting to make music. I I remember what it was like. I remember it. I remember it yesterday. Coming home from school, walking through the projects. When I was like 13, 14 years old, and a lot of my friends. We're about the big homies in my neighborhood, the veteranos, were converting them to be a part of the game. Mm -hmm. I remember like what that was like, like yesterday. And I remember like not wanting, like I used to tag. And if you tagged, that was like the signs, the inkling that, oh, let's bring them in. Because the, the activities of going out there, getting up, riding on the buses, riding on the freeways, just wanting to get up. We called it getting up. Like, I'm all city. I'm, I'm trying to go all city. Yo, I got some heavens. Heavens is like when you're on a freeway and you got the overpass and you you put your, a big ass, you know, a bomber on that. Like, mm -hmm. that was like the dream when I was 15 years old, to, to, to have a bomber, to go out bombing and have a heaven mm. and a landmark where they don't ever take you down. And I remember that 15 years old, 14, 15 years old, making a conscious decision that, nah, I want to rap. That's what I want to do. And, you know, when you're like, when you're broke and you're poor, and you in the freaking county line getting cheese and milk, and your mom's telling you to go to the, go to the store to turn food stamps into change so you can buy something other than food. And your friends is getting shot up, selling drugs on drugs, and life is like thick. When you got your friends 15 years old making money, and your family's broke, broke. The decision not to make money a quick way to, to your peers is a dumbass decision. And mm -hmm. you could get, you get clowned on. That was the beginning of my journey to do things different from what my peers were doing. And that takes bravery because you get clowned on. Mm -hmm. You get people like that that don't understand your movements because you ain't following and, and I like Tribe Called Quest. Mm. 
that's what I liked. I like De La Soul. That's was that was my escape music from my reality. And and then the reality it has everything to do with the question you asked me. What's this next journey like? So I had to point out my first journey. So you have details on how fearless I am. Mm. Like, and just because you throw in the projects, don't mean you got to continue that narrative of like the how the project was designed for somebody designed that. Somebody designed no, uh, don't fund their education. Somebody designed put a liquor store right next to a check cashing, right next to a, a fast food restaurant, right next to a, a elementary store school, right next to a strip club. Somebody mm-hmm. designed that because that design is not in Beverly Hills and Brentwood. You ain't gonna see that configuration of businesses stacked up against each other right alongside mm-hmm not investing in the child's education, right alongside the juvenile facility down the street from where the projects is at. You don't see that in, in Palisades. You don't see that in Calabasas. You see that in every single hood across America. So that's a design. That's on purpose. So, but back then, I didn't know that. I was just a kid like all the other kids. Um, being raised by single parents, a lot of single parents in a predicament that they were designed to be in. So making a decision like, nah, I'm just gonna do music when your friends is caking, that's a fearless, courageous decision. And what turned out from that, and when I was 15, 16, at 17, I got signed to Easy e to Ruthless Records. Not because I was doing my version of NWA. I was doing my version of Tribe Called Quest. Mm. I was doing my version of So, which is the total opposite of what you think Easy E was looking for. Mm-hmm. But Easy being the OG that he was, was like, I identify in this kid's talent. He's not trying to be like us, but he knew my hood. There's no one that could ever tell me, you're a weirdo. Or there's no one that could ever tell me because I I got validated by the by the, the dude that's the, mm-hmm. the guy that started what we call gangster rap. Mm. And so now I'll answer your question, where am I, what is my journey now? Through that, I was I had all the fearless um, attributes to do the things that we did internationally, globally. And you know. Having success in Uruguay, Paraguay, Peru, Argentina, Chile, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Mexico, Panama, Venezuela, Colombia, um, parts of America, parts of Canada, all throughout the UK, Belgium, France, Spain, Uzbekistan, you know, Kazakhstan. All the stans, we ain't been to Pakistan though. And then working with tech companies early on, like Rim and Blackberry, um, knowing Sean Fanning, the guy that started Napster, becoming really good friends with him. And not to like, to come up, but just to knowledge up. A lot of times people work with folks just to, just to, you know, pom-pom and take pictures and, and name drop. But I like to move silently tiptoe. I don't, you don't have to, you don't have to always yip and yap on what you're, what you're doing, just as long as you're doing it. And, um, that was and that's what, and that's what easy taught me. You know, he was a, an amazing entrepreneur and he moved in silence. Um, but yeah, so now to the question, sorry for that long uh, explanation, but I have to do that to show you what, where I'm now. So in the past 12 years, I went back to my neighborhood and I started a school teaching kids robotics and computer science and college prep. I started with 65 students, not hooping and yipping and yapping on like, look what I'm doing in my neighborhood. There's a way to represent your neighborhood. 
represent your neighborhood in a song, or you could just represent your neighborhood and go back to your neighborhood and transform it. Mm -hmm. And so I started with 65 kids. You need to encourage these, our, our nephews, our nieces to understand what's happening. Because I'm telling you, in the next 10 years, you're going to see everything that I've been saying for the past, like, 12 years, 2030, 2030, 2030, you're seeing it now. You're seeing just how transformational computer science and that skill set is to how we interface with everything around us. Like, nobody knew what chat GPT was in October of 2022. Mm. But the folks that have invested in ChatGPT, the people that are working in ChatGPT, knew what the hell ChatGPT would do to creative writing, to decision-making, financial understanding, all the different ways you could use that type of technology. It's new computing. It's a new type of calculator. Not only that, what Midjourney is doing to illustrators and graphic artists. So, so do you like, think robots could replace lawyers in, in different work like that, that requires extensive years of study? That's like saying, can a calculator out-calculate a mathematician? Mm. Mm. Well, you know the answer to that. What's your school curriculum? Because I'm in education, and I know you were saying we still teach school like in the 80s. So what, what is your school curriculum? Like, what do you have them doing to exceed in robotics and computer science? So mentors, 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 mentors. Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. We treat robotics like a sport. And kids compete with the robots they build. And every year, there's a new course or a curriculum that they compete in. Um, so sports is, sports is everything. We understand it. But, uh, and to, to be a good athlete, you got to train your muscles. You got to stretch. You got to understand the... Uh, the parameters of what you're playing in. And there's like uh, sportsman conduct, right? So you can play the game at your best um, and ensure that you win. And there's obstacles. We know the difference between baseball's obstacles from football's obstacles to soccer, which is international football's obstacle, to basketball. They all have different obstacles. And for each one of those sports, you have to train your muscle, like a baseball player's muscle is tuned differently than a football player's muscle. Um, uh, and a basketball, a basketball player's muscle is tuned differently than a football player's muscle on their body. And for you to, to switch sports, you have to undergo that type of training to prepare you to compete. Well, the same is for robotics. This muscle. How do you, how do you train this muscle to compete in that realm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's 1923 right now. And cities are being, it's 1903 to 1923. Mm -hmm. And cities are being electrified and illuminated with lights. And at that point in time, we weren't a part of that conversation. It's 1823. It's 1723. It's 1623 and ships were being made, but we would just send them ships. Right? It's a new realm right now. It's a new age right now. And we need to be a part of that conversation. Why aren't we rushing to make sure that our inner cities are competing at the level that we need to compete at? Where our kids are like sued and booted, let's go. If you had to encourage, 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 mentor, mentor, mentor. For example, in every single junior high school and high school, there's a basketball and a football field. And that's awesome. My uncle played football for the Falcons and the Rams. I grew up wanting to be just like my uncle Lynn. Until that day I got that concussion. I was fast, bro. I'm, I'm fast. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I used to be fast, but I'm still fast. <laughs> like, I, went, I remember I went to Deion Sanders. I'm like, yo, let's race. And I took off my shoes project style. Like, come on, bro, let's go. <laughs> so, and uh, he oh, just, yeah, yeah, that's the show project style. <laughs> <laughs> he me, I'm like, for real, bro, let's just do this. So I took my shoes off. <laughs> that's how you know somebody from the project, bro. Let's break Yeah, it. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So I I wonder who's saying both. Just just saw some bullshit. Like, yeah, let's race. I know you're gonna beat me. I just want to know how much you're gonna beat me by. We are audacious by nature, our community. Game on. What is it gonna take? How are we gonna make sure that 20, 30, 20, 40, we are there training data. We are there writing algorithms. We are there unearthing new types of industries, solving our own problems with these new technologies. If you could break the um, this AI revolution into different tiers, um, I don't know if we're in tier one, but what would you say would be a tier one type of um, like advancement in technology, like uh, cashless stores, um, self-driving cars, you know, the, the trucking industry goes away because you got self-driving trucks. Like what would be the, some of those things that we would see in tier one? It's called web 3.0. Mm-hmm. So let's go to web 1.0. Web 1.0, the world was kind of the same as it was in the 60s and the 70s. It's just that now you, now people have the internet in their house. But there was computing way before you had the internet in the house. There was the internet before you knew about the internet. Mm, damn. Right? Um, but then Web 1.0 came. And now we had computers in our house. And if you wanted to get out of the house, you went to like a, 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 a internet cafe. But you didn't have a phone. You didn't have a computer in your pocket at all times on Web 1.0. Mm-hmm. And when, when, when Apple launched the Mac, he gave a hint on what computing was going to be. When the Mac said, hello. Mm. When AOS said, you got mail. But that's all it said. You couldn't talk to it back. It was one message, hello. And it let you know that you had mail. That, that was the hint to tell you that this shit was about to start talking to you. Mm. Um, and then Web 2.0 came. Towards the end of Web 2.0 is when the smartphone came and transformed how we engage with this thing called the internet. Mm. And then other companies blossom. And Web 1.0, if you were a software developer, you were a software developer. And you tried your hardest to work for Intel. You tried your hardest to work for Earthlink, Oracle, Microsoft, IBM, Xerox. That's where you worked. Web 2.0, because the iPhone, the app developer came. Because now the, the, the computer packed with a whole bunch of different types of sensors like accelerometers and gyros. Now you have a different way of interfacing with the world that you live in. It could tell the height you are, the tilt you are, how many steps you took, the location of where you are, right? And then people build companies on top of this architecture. I'm gonna take the always listening microphone, the always on camera. I'm gonna take the gyros and the accelerometer. I'm gonna take GPS. And now companies like Uber came. Now I can see the car when it's coming. Transform transportation forever. Because forever people were trying to figure out how taxi drivers stop for black people in New York. The government of New York, the company, taxi company, yellow cab company, they couldn't solve that. And then Uber solved it indirectly. They're like, no, that person's not just black. That person looking at five stars. Mm-hmm. And now five stars is, is outweighs that person being black. Now the driver's like, oh, cool, I, I can stop for Jamal. Mm-hmm. He didn't stop for Jamal before Uber, though. Mm. So th- thanks for Uber. Thanks for the solution that solved like a, a societal problem and gave more clarity and dimension to who that person actually was and, uh, uh, and lessened the skepticism and the, the prejudice. It took prejudice and skepticism and judgment away because now I have a different lens. Uber, Airbnb. Airbnb now because of Web 2.0. Postmates, Deliveroo, Uber Eats, DoorDash because of the GPS and the chipset on mobile computing. And Siri came in Web 2.0. Well, now it's uh, commands. Hey, Siri, play this. Hey, Siri, uh, I need directions here. And, that, and that's pretty much what you do with Siri. Alexa came in the house, Web 
Hey, Alexa, Alexa's three syllables. You don't have to say, hey. Okay, Google's four syllables. Um, uh, the wake up word needs three syllables to wake it up, to wake up the machine. Mm -hmm. Abracadabra, w way back before technology, technology, all the things that Disney told us what the past was like. Turns out that fantasy shit is real shit. It is. Mm -hmm. Shazam, oh shit, that's a company now. God damn it. <laughs> that shit was fantasy in the fucking 70s and 80s. Those shits is products right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we're in web 3.0. Web 3.0, well, we don't know what that's going to be. Because it's, it's brand spanking new. It can be anything. We can be the folks that build industries you know, or we could just be the users. The only place where there's users are drug addicts and games and tech. Mm. Mm, damn. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's the only place, that's the only place where people call people users is a, uh, when you're playing games, when you're selling drugs, and when you're on tech. Damn. You have the World Wide Web, you have the internet, and then you're gonna have a mesh. And the mesh ain't here, here yet. Mm -hmm. So the World Wide Web, think about, think about what they named these things after. They named it after catching shit. So the World Wide Web, spiders cast a web. And then them insects, they eat them motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. And then of, of, of the, the internet, it's like you cast a net to catch fish. And then you feed on that. And now we are all caught in a web and a net being fed on our feed. And a mesh is on its way. Where it's a, 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 you can get more information on a mesh than you could on a web. On a web you need, right? There's bigger holes, you can fly through them if you're a small insect. Internet, if you're a small fish, you can, on the net, you can spawn fish, you can go through the, the, the net. But a mesh, you're getting more info, more detail, more data. And right now, as we speak, you look up to the sky, there's a whole bunch of freaking satellites every day, a new deploying new satellite. Uh, I would, I would if you, as far as investing, you can invest in self-driving cars, you can invest in insurance. You want to invest in constellation of satellites. Mm. You want to invest in things that are that that are that are governing the the radar. Mm. You know, why why how much money does it cost to actually launch a constellation of satellites, and how do we get our community to invest in our own constellation of satellites? There's a, there's a Japanese space station a space program. There's a Russian space program. German. Everybody got space programs except for black people. Yeah, that's that's facts. So I I I would we need to really compete in the way the world actually is configured, how it's where where the investment truly is, and be audacious. Be as audacious and ambitious and strategic to be able to take these ambitious, audacious visions or new codes or you know industries and surround yourself with people that can help you materialize these audacious vision ideas and just energy to freaking compete mm. like why why not why why can't we do that and speaking about um being a user um i heard you say on the breakfast club you know use the technology don't let it use you and um, speaking about pr predictive algorithms, um, so what is a predictive algorithm? Does it study you over time? Like, you know, when we're texting on the phone and then it completes our sentence or suggests uh, what we're going to say for the rest of our, our sentence, what, how does predictive algorithms work? If you're on products like any meta product, whether you're on WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, and you spend the majority of your waking moments on those products, you're in the DMs angry, angrily, you're in, in the comments inspirationally, 
Mm-hmm. You posting all you liking and tapping on things you like, things you don't like, people you follow, accounts you follow. They know you mm-hmm. more than your mom, your dad, your government, your religion. They know you. They know you to predict you. Mm-hmm. Um, and their business model in the past has shown that they can sell the knowledge they have about you, all the different data doppelgangers. That means like all your digital twins or your cluster attributes that reflect, you know, similarities that are synonymous with your bait. And they sell that stuff. It's wild times right now. But if you're creative, if you're an engineer, it's exciting and amazing times right now. Mm-hmm. If you're a user, yep, because there's no governance, because there's no like, you know, people aren't being protected the way they should. Mm. Because these companies, if you put all their money together, they got loot, loot, loot. Too much of They got a lot of them. You know, but like I said, at the same time, they they make awesome stuff. Mm. They do. But their business practices are not the best. But Web 3.0, just like Web 1.0 to 2.0, these companies that, Facebook is a 2.0 company. And maybe they'll be around in 3.0. Maybe they won't. Just like Earthlink was a 1.0 company, they ain't around. Netscape, 1.0 company, they're not around. Nokia, a 1.0 company, they're not what they used to be. And it's game time, you know? It's game time. It don't have to be the way it used to be. And the only way to ensure that, you know, people's data is protected, that people's privacy and civil liberties are compromised, or we, what, we can't create companies to make sure that our community and people are safe? Or are we just waiting on them to be regulated and governed? Are we, are we like just, are we the audience? Yeah, or are yeah, we yeah. gonna get in the game? Uh, Is this a movie, we just watching it? Or we just hopping through the screen and be like, nah, 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 nah. I got an idea. Like, who said that we the fucking audience? Who said that we're just users playing the game? Who said that we're just users on the drug addicted because they freaking know how to have dopamine? Who's to say that that's what the fuck we are? What, we can't freaking hop in and surround ourselves with folks to be able to like bring a better solution and collaborate, cooperation, remember that? How do we collaborate with ourselves? Like inclusion does not mean, hey, I wanna be included in your company. And diversity doesn't mean like, hey, diversify your staff. You know, you need more people of color. I say inclusion and diversity is like, yo, let's include us in this competition. Diversify this competition. I want to compete. Did my drop off? Oh, no, yeah, cool. Oh, I was about to say, I don't know. I got a question, though. Like, being, being from the project, so right now, I, I'm, I teach fifth grade. Like, I'm in the hood. I'm in my community, right? But how did you make yourself, like, cultural appealing? Like, that's, that's what I want to know, because, you know, I feel like as a black man for me right now, just growing up as a black man, you know, they try to tell, you know, uh, bring yourself down, uh, don't bring too hood, you know, don't uh, bring, you know, you, you know, you, don't be too hood or some of that stuff you need to, you know, sharpen it up. But how did you, you know, just make yourself cultural appealing to everyone, like everyone, and you know, in the world? I'd say that's my grandma. So we from, my grandma's from Picayune, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And my grandma's mom, I can only imagine the type of life, the life she lived. But like I knew my grandma, my grandma knew her grandma. And that lady was a slave. Mm-hmm. If my grandma was born in 1920, that means my grandma's grandma was like, right? It's like 18, mm-hmm. 1800, late 1800s. So she probably endured some tail end of that, obviously. And so because of that, 
my grandmother raised us, we had to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, but don't you be raising your voice? You act right. Like that, all that, that, that generation is different from the grandmas in this generation. Oh, yeah, way different. And, and my mom was like, my mom kept, did her best to keep what my grandma instilled into her onto us. And uh, if, my, if my mom would be like, hey, Willie, what you doing? And I would say nothing. I would get in trouble for saying nothing. She would say things like, you're not, you're never doing nothing. Even if you were sitting there thinking, you say, oh, just sitting here thinking, don't ever answer. What are you doing with nothing? Because you ain't got no business doing it. Mm. And you're never doing nothing. So those types of like simple, you know, perspective in, in, introverted perspectives, extroverted perspectives growing up in the projects. That's how we were raised. And uh, and she would say things like, you know, don't wear out your welcome. Like if you're in a room, you always want to be welcomed in the room. And the moment you wear out your welcome, people don't want you to be around. And that, that applies to any environment that you're in. Financial rooms, um, entertainment rooms, educational rooms. You never want to wear out your welcome. You want people to always like, oh, shucks, I'm, ex I'm excited such and such is here. They're going to add or shed some light. And so if that's the case, if that's, if you are known in the circles that you're in to provide, that means when you go out into the world, you need to sponge up the world so you can bring more to your circle. And, and you want people, you want to, you want to, a sponge is a sponge, a rock is a rock. In the society we live in now, we are inspired to be like rocks, to be hard, and all the things that are synonymous with hard. And being soft is frowned upon. I'm the hardest sponge in the world, bro. Mm, I'm going to soak up all the knowledge, all the information. I, I, I grew up in a rock and a hard place, but I became a sponge and got out that bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the only way you get out of it, bro. You got to mm. be as fucking smooth and, and, and agile as a fucking sponge. You can fucking take any shape or any form and absorb any thing in its surroundings but you know everybody want to be hard do you think we need more black men in tech for us to compete yeah big time we need we need uh we need a lewis hamilton hit he's the only mm -hmm. black racer in f1 and not only he could he could Lewis Hamilton could be dope, even if he wasn't the best, because he's the only to us because he's the only black F1 racer. But that wasn't enough for him. He's the best racer. Mm -hmm. That just so happens to be the only black racer. It wasn't enough for him to be, you know, the first black F1 racer. He's the best. Mm. Now, if he can do that, if Tiger Woods can do that, if the Serena, you know, the, the Williams sisters could do that, if Jackie Robinson could do that, shit. <laughs> if we did that, if we did that with Beats, look at what we did with Beats. Nobody thought we could do that with Beats. Right. And that, uh, that's the kind of partner you want to be. I was a part of Beats from the beginning. A lot of people didn't know that. Mm. What type of information are you going to bring? Like the circles that you go around with. Are you sponging up to be able to bring it back to the world that you're in? So they're like, oh, shit. We want Will to be in our circle. One, because he knows how to collaborate. He knows the essence of co-opetition. Sometimes people's egos could, could really mess them up in a serious way yeah because we come from our communities our community our community could could collaborate and have better cooperation amongst ourselves so we can build 
you know, and be prepared for this tomorrow. If we are barely getting over racism, imagine machinism. Mm -hmm. You know, and what what do I mean by that? Right, go into detail about that because that to a lot of people that could be like, okay, what is that slogan? What is he talking about? What I'm talking about is one: we are not programming the algorithm. We're not training the models or the data. So, and these systems are highly invested in to, to the tune of hundreds of billions of And they understand us more than us. They'll understand us more than we understand ourselves and the conditions of our community because the data is purchasable. And that means these machines will have more rights. If there was a fleet of autonomous, um, whatever, humanoid robots or drones, and they're in, you know, engaging with people in their communities, what is worth more money? What is going to be valued higher? What's going to be protected more? Mm. Um, and shouldn't we understand how to build these machines and these systems? Shouldn't we have these systems of our own? Shouldn't we be programming these systems? And yes. if we're not programming or understanding, and we're just interacting and using these systems, and these systems are highly intelligent, they'll be highly intelligent, highly predictable, highly, you know, suggestive, packed with suggestive algorithms, then what? What? How did we get here? Mm. It just happened while we were playing games and on Instagram swiping. It happened from, from 2005 to 2035. What, what were we doing in those times? We were fighting amongst each other. We were celebrating other cultures, products, and companies. We were investing in other cultures, products, and companies. We were using other cultures, products, and companies while inspiring our youth to follow our blind practices and then woke up in a world where those products and technologies now can have a conversation with us deeper than our relatives and our, you know, our government representatives. How do we wake up in that reality? And mm. if that is the reality that's right around the corner, what are we doing to compete in it? Are we preparing our youth? Are we encouraging them, mentoring them um, for this world that's around the corner? Well, our youth, uh, every time they walk in my classroom, the school got them putting up their phones. So they don't even know how to use the phones to even for their benefit. They taking it away from them. They think it's a distraction, but also it could be a tool. And, well, I, and I wonder, in a way, to that point, it is a distraction mm -hmm. in the classroom because the classroom is not optimized to utilize the foundation of the phone. It's not right. like they're learning Linux or Unix. It's not like they're learning C or Python. It's not mm -hmm. like they're learning Flutter or React Native. It's not like they're learning freaking QT. It's not like they're, 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 they just have a device that's designed for distraction. Mm -hmm. This device was designed for that. Hold on, because that's disrespect to Apple. This device was designed to enlighten and designed to connect us, but the powers that be have configured it to where it's now the biggest distraction agent that we've ever seen in our life. Mm -hmm. But um, but you don't need the phone per se to um, to teach. Um, you can use it to teach, but our systems, people are learning the same way my mom learned. But we live <laughs> in a world totally different than how the world that my mom lived in when she was in the fifth grade. Yeah. You know? 
And lastly, you know, w- what advice would you would you give to parents of of these children that are going to be, you know, the, the the future leaders of these industries of tomorrow or future people who are going to be employees of these industries? I know we're trying to become the producers and not the users. What, what advice would you give them? Lastly, just to to try to convince them or try to get them some insider knowledge of why this is important to get their children in STEM as early as possible. Good question. That's a that's a that's a that's a beautiful question. It's a hard question for me to answer because I can't. I can only try to inspire. Mm. Um, it's true. It's true. Parent, parents. I sympathize for parents because you got everybody in the world telling parents how to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. You got the news telling people how to raise their kids. Products, and marketing programs telling kids how to raise their kids new laws telling parents how they should or shouldn't raise their kids, school systems telling parents how to raise their kids, television programs, everybody's trying to tell a parent how to raise their kids and what they can and can't do. And so I sympathize for parents. And I'm happy and blessed that my grandma was able to raise my mom and us the way she raised us. Um, But moving forward, we need to be um, we need to have a bird's eye view on where we're going as a community. We're not, we're not in it alone. You're not alone, parents, and we're a collective. Mm. We're so much a collective that we all have similar um, experiences growing up in the hood. No matter what hood you come from, we all have these similar experiences. Mm-hmm. So we are a collective and we all need to, you know, make sure we encourage our kids with different paths. Still up to the kid to decide. Um, But sometimes kids want to play Pop Warner football. Some kids want to play basketball. Um, But my sister, even if she wants to play Pop Warner football, she's not playing for the Rams. So although we have the freedom to, you know, raise our kids how we want to, then there's this limit. For that football field in, in, the, in the school, my sister is not going to play for the freaking Buccaneers anytime soon. So one gender is benefiting from how our school is configured. And that's not right. And I love football. And I'm not saying, you know, that... There needs to be girls on a football field. I'm just using that as an example on the limitations that are there, no matter what we, no matter how free we are to, to inspire our kids to go down a certain path. Mm-hmm. There's, there are limit, there are limitations on, you know, what's possible as far as career wise. One thing that is not in our way is a STEM skill set. Because not everybody's going to go pro if they want to play football and if, when you're 13. If little Robbie or little Jamal wants to play basketball, but Jamal's like 4'11 or 5'2, he's probably not. The, his odds are stacked against him mm. to then going and playing for the Lakers. But with the STEM skill set, every single kid will go pro. Mm. because they could go pro working for pro companies that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars or Mm. they could go pro and start their own company because now they have the skill set to do that now they have a skill set to compete and solve the problems themselves with the skill set so if you're like imagine if the community any community that Poor drinking water, foul drinking water. Imagine if everyone in the community had advanced STEM skill sets or some level of STEM skill sets, you know what would happen to that community. They either one, would have solved the problems themselves or two, the society would, have, would value the knowledge in that community. 
So, and, and that's a very heavy sentence because one would say, what do you mean to tell me that Flint, Michigan, because they don't have the knowledge, they're not valued in society, their local government, actually, there is an unfortunate truth to that. Because if all those people that are in that area were education was invested in to where every single one of them can work at a Facebook or a Google or a Salesforce or a Microsoft or an IBM at the highest level of engineering, that would be a thriving, prosperous community. Mm. But because they never invested on people's education in those communities, you have the, uh, the conditions of living that we live in. I come from a project where there was lead in the grass. How did lead get in the grass that we, that we live mm. on? How, yeah. did, how yeah. do we get lead in our grass, in our walls, yeah. in our paint? Yeah, you, you, you going deep, you going deep. And, and it's crazy because I'm actually from Flint, Michigan. So that's the irony in it all. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Beecher, um, which is like the north side of Flint, Michigan. But um, I, I just wanted to say in general, we appreciate having you on. We we know you 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 you're a very busy man, but we we just appreciate you coming on and dropping some gems and some nuggets on us. The the information that I got on AI and just tech in general was invaluable, and uh, I feel like yeah. I didn't got a STEM education, so we really appreciate you uh, just, just spending some moments with us and, and breaking some machines with us. Thank you for having me. Um, Flint, Michigan is a Awesome people there. And I think every single person, no matter what hood you're from, like, why do we have, why, why does our neighborhoods have to be configured that way? Why, are we not capable? Mm. We definitely can. We are capable. So why, why, is, why is the configuration like that? Why does it have to be where, you know, when it comes to the investment of a child's education, were thought of last, or there's not equality on the dispersing of, of capital to ensure that people from these areas that we grew up and raised um, and raised in have the same level of access to education and knowledge and mentors and pathways to not only fill jobs but create jobs as you know the Brentwoods, the uh, the Palisades of our of our of our uh, of our awesome country. And so as, 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 and as awesome as it is, there's some parts that are like really, really whack. Hmm. Yeah. Right now, I would encourage our kid, your kids to compete. Hmm. With STEM, right? What's the worst is gonna happen? If, if Teddy Riley, Man, that dude's awesome. Teddy Riley and all of his contribution to hip hop made it to where people can make records and compete with the giants of, of, the, of the time. Where people like LL Cool J could put out an album around the same time Michael Jackson put out Bad. LL Cool J had his one. And was still on the charts competing with Michael Jackson, that hip hop did that. If hip hop could take us to the place where Jay-Z and Dr. Dre have massive companies and Drake doing amazing things and having a, air, a private airplane company. Mm -hmm. Like what? That's freaking amazing. That's beautiful. Lil Wayne salute to that cat. This dude, Little Wayne, we say it's Dr. Dre and Little Wayne are the most open-minded artists, entrepreneurs, where they sign people and those people they sign are just as massive or probably more massive than them. So Dr. Dre signed Snoop, Snoop is massive, 50 Cent massive. Eminem, ginormous. Lil Wayne signed Lil Kim, I'm sorry, Nicki Minaj, 
He signed Drake. These people are massive. And the only reason why I say salute to that is because he's competing and launching other folks to go out there and compete with him. Mm. And it takes a person's ego to be in full check. Because we know the other artists that sign people that never become bigger than the artists that they sign. And so I, you got to point out the ones that like, who, who have the recipe to duplicate. Lil Wayne, that's a fucking awesome recipe. Dr. Dre, amazing creaking recipe. And, and if, that, if we're doing that music, how about in tech? Because Dr. Dre, what we did with Beats, that shouldn't be the only one. That shows you what we can do, what we're capable of. You think Samsung saw us coming with headphones? You think Sony saw us coming? Beats, we didn't go to Sony and say, hey, let us do a headphone. At Beats, we didn't go to say, hey, hey, Toshiba, hey, Panasonic. We want to borrow from your distribution and, you know, and, and your, your manufacturing plants so we could have headphones too. Mm. At Beats, we made our own headphones and sold them at the same place that these giants were selling their headphones at and dominated. We didn't need a giant. We didn't have to ride the shoulders of giants. Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iving are giants. That, we need that, more of that, more of mm. that, because it's possible. It's no longer fantasy. You know, at first, it was some fantasy, like, well, what are they doing? <laughs> I remember people laughing and giggling when, when, when uh, I, I said I was working with Jimmy and Dre. Other folks, like, they, wow, they, some audacity they have. Who do they think they are competing with the likes of Sony and, and these folks at the time? So we need that. Mm. We, need, we need our parents, whether you're a single parent or come from a stable home, or whether you're a single parent and have a stable home, even that, we need to change that one. My mm. mom, I, I was raised by a single parent, but that shit was stable. You just not, you got to know how to ride a unicycle and then mm. you'll know the difference between stable. I know people that have a bicycle and they, they riding that shit on stable. Just because you got two wheels or four wheels don't mean that shit's stable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Got to compete. But we appreciate you jumping on with us today. We really appreciate you dropping all these gems and these nuggets on us, man. Really appreciate it, man. Y'all stay tuned for the next episode. Appreciate y'all rocking with us, breaking some machines. It's a mod to pull a spank the bank. Will I am breaking the machine. You dig? <laughs>